The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the January 30th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher, getting ready to go over some season-long action. Had a lot of rest, had a lot of injuries this week. Oh, man. Friday was crazy, Saturday was crazy, Sunday was nice little day basketball. We're going to break all this down. Ryan Kanas, what's up, man? Not much. A lot, a lot happened this week. Huh? Yeah, a lot of rookies coming up. Uh, it was just a, a lot has changed. So we'll just get to it. Really, the I would probably say the big injury of the week. Uh, it's, it's a minor one, it looks like, and that's Nikola Jokic. He went down Thursday, and Steve, Dr. A, Alexander, and I were on. And we were like, <gasps> we all like, we were freaking out, like, oh, please don't be hurt, please don't be hurt. And so he went for x-rays, he was limping, and then we got the news Friday that he's day-to-day with a hip flexor strain. So it sounds like he may be back this week. Uh, if you're a season long, I don't think you can play him, but is there any sort of fallout for guys you would pick up? I mean, we saw Ken Free go off against the Suns, mind you. Jameer Nelson played well. Jamal Murray actually played really well on, over the weekend on Saturday. So, what are your takeaways here and thoughts on Nurkic as a stash? He was kind of a letdown on Saturday. Yeah, Nurkic did nothing. I mean, I think he was a pretty hot pickup in deeper leagues as soon as Jokic went down. Yeah. Just because we didn't know the severity, it looked like it could have been bad. Yeah, um, I was worried about like labor. I was worried about like a labrum tear and like all that stuff, man. Exactly. And as someone who's heavily invested in Jokic in many leagues, uh, I was uh, more than a little bit concerned. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, fortunately, the MRI came back negative, and um, just a hip flexor strain. Malone said he could return in the middle of this week, um, so it's just great news. And I, I don't think that with the test being negative, I don't think uh, there's any real pickup here. Yep, I'm the same. Uh, and I was I was actually kind of surprised that Farid fared as well as he did. Uh, this guy uh, had a crazy stat I looked up when he went down. He gets a 20% effective field goal percentage bump. With Jokic, twenty percent versus when he's not with him, like it's crazy. And so I didn't, I didn't think at all that he was going to go for 21, 13, 2, 2, and two, and no turnovers. I mean, if you played Fareed uh, in DFS on Saturday, you probably killed the game. Uh, whereas, like we said, Nurkic was only five and four with three turnovers, so he didn't even hit double figures for fantasy for yeah. DFS. So. Farid has played uh, 30 or more minutes in three games in January. He scored 20 points in all three of those games. He's been really uh, good, I mean, man. If he could somehow, you know, break out of his current role and get those minutes, he's, he's obviously a great guy to own, but it's just it's not happening for him. Yeah, I think he's going to be up there, man. Even when Jokic comes back, I think he's going to be that um, kind of combo. We talk about combo guards. I think he'll be like a combo 4-5 where he'll start at the 4 uh, Malone really likes that. Again, we talked about that efficiency bump. So I, I could see him getting, you know, 15, 25 minutes or 15, 20 minutes there and then another 10 minutes as the backup and just kick Nurk out. Um, yeah. And, yeah, roll roll nine or, yeah, roll nine deep uh, with Barton. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't hurt that Gallinari and Chandler are both injury prone. So yeah. if one of those down, suddenly there's more power forward minutes. It's Yeah, a lot of, a lot of things could break right for him here. It's the year of the rooster, man. Kind of the year. <laughs> Yeah, we uh, we had the headline day of the rooster on Roto World when he went off for a season high thirty two. I was proud of that one. 
<laughs> so what else we got Nuggets wise? Um, again, I, I think Jameer is good to go this week. Uh, if you have him in a season long weekly, I'd probably plug him in there. I think he'll be a top one hundred guy this week. Yeah, that's, it's unclear when Moutier is yeah. going to return. He wasn't traveling. Um, so I, I think until we have some sort of indication that he's at least back on the court practicing, uh, Jameer's a decent play. Yeah, I mean, even when he, even when Moutier's out, or, but he's back, he's going to stop, probably be, this is Nelson, probably, he'll still probably be like top 125. So I think if you get, you get even if you get a game or two as a starter and then a game or two as a bench guy, I think he should be good. Uh, what'd you make of Jamal Murray? Anything? 18 points from him on Saturday? Uh, I'm eternally skeptical. I, yeah. I mean, he's got these occasional breakouts. I think it was, yeah, it was last week. Uh, we were talking on Monday after his Sunday 17-point <laughs> game. Yeah. Called, played 23 minutes total in the next two games and scored nine points combined. So, um, uh, you know, you just need to see him do this over and over and over before you can trust him. Yeah, so apparently, apparently the takeaway is play him on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they don't play him during the week. Okay, well, let's move on to really the other big injury. Not quite as, I guess it's a, it is actually because it's a longer period of time. And that's Ennis Cantor. This guy's playing 21 minutes a game. And we saw yesterday, I had a funny feeling that they were going to kind of plug Joffrey Laverne in that role where Cantor is. You know, a little bit of four, mostly five. And he did. He did pretty well. Um, so are you buying him for the week? Would you I mean, pick him up? I, it's Joffrey Laverne. I think it's going to be kind of a matchup, but I'll let you take that first. No, yeah, I think there's too many options here. Um, Sabonis looked pretty good, uh, Sans Cantor, but I think the big winner is Stephen Adams. Um, just going to get more minutes at the center spot. Doesn't have to worry about if Cantor's hot and they want to roll with him for more minutes at the five. Um, otherwise, I just don't like any of them. You know, you got Grant, who's probably going to pick up more minutes, Laverne, Sabonis. I, none of them really jump out at me. Yeah, same thing. It's going to be like, Everyone's going to get a little bump. He only plays 20 minutes, but he's pretty high usage, pretty good rebounder as well. So, yeah, I mean, a little bump to Oladipo, a little bump to Adams. Little, Sabonis would probably be the pickup, I guess, because he has the highest floor in the bunch, and he's starting, so you know he's going to play consistently. But there's going to be games when they go up against three-point heavy teams, and they go with more Grant. Or if they go up against teams that play two bigs, we'll see more Laverne, things along those lines. So, yeah, no one really I'm excited to pick up. We'll move on. To, let's talk some Nets rest. Uh, I hate this. Um, my boy Levert getting rested twice now. So, But he's been good, man. He's been pretty much top 50 in the past two weeks, even with the rest. Or I think he's 94 in the last 14 days overall with the two games of rest, 50 per. But, um, yeah, what do you make of this Nets rest thing? Rondé Hollis-Jefferson went down. And he aggravated an ankle injury with soreness. So with the way they play things with resting guys, you'd think he's out for at least a couple games. So summing up, Rondé, what do you do with if you have a net? And I guess thoughts on LeVert. I mean, the Nets are tough to own, to be honest. Uh, and I'm surprised Brooke Lopez hasn't been rested more than he has so yeah, far. Um, if I owned him, I'd be trying to trade him hard. or just praying for a trade. Um but, yeah, I mean, Levert's been awesome. Uh, the rest, it just doesn't surprise me because, you know, as we've mentioned in a couple blurbs and his owners are aware of, he's had those three surgeries on the same foot. Um, so, you know, they, they have every right to be very careful. Uh, they're not going to give him huge minutes. These DMPs are probably going to be a staple the rest of the way. Um, but they obviously love him. Uh, Atkinson trusts him to run the offense. He's, he's shooting incredibly. Um, you know, his efficiency is great. Um, 
you know, he's still a strong 12-team guy. I don't know what you can say other than the fact that he's going to be a bit frustrating because of the DMPs, but I think you have to own him in 12-teams still. Yeah, I think so. And they're not too bad on back-to-backs. I think they only have two back-to-back sets till the end of February. So that's not that's not bad. They're, they're nice every other day kind of a thing. I don't, I don't think they're going to rest him in a non-back-to-back, but they probably will, especially... In a road game, but then again, they did rest on that Monday uh, in a non-back-to-back. So uh, we'll see. But like we've been saying, he's just outperforming what they expected. They they weren't supposed to play him this much, but he's just so good, man. And I said on Twitter the other day, I think he has a top five crossover in the NBA right now. Maybe even like obviously Kyrie, and I, I mean beyond Kyrie, I don't even know. I, I can't. I can't. I think Levert maybe like two or three, man. His crossover is so good. What was the who was the Heat player that he? Oh, Wade Ellington ended up twenty feet away from him. Yeah, <laughs> Wade Ellington. His step back's so good, man, and he hit his crossover in transition is unstoppable. He does it. He does it twice a game, and I I always post it on Twitter where he's just coming down along the sideline and bam crossover. No matter what sideline he's on, like right when he gets to the three point line, you just know it's coming, and it's it's just that step back is disgusting too. Like oh. He's so fun. I, I probably lead the world in uh, Levert videos. <laughs> Love that guy. Uh, anything else Nets-wise? Uh, Booker's going to get rested. Uh, I think super duper duper sneaky, and I'm kind of tipping my hand. If you pick him up in 30 deep, I'm going to be mad at you. Uh, I think I think we're going to see some Chris McCullough down the line. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. And honestly, Hamilton's not a bad guy to own in no. very deep leagues, um, especially with Brooke being you know kind of iffy yeah but the nets overall are just a frustrating team like i don't trust a guy like bogdanovich uh, uh hollis jefferson's been frustrating this year um kilpatrick's had his moments but he's struggling lately there's just you know the, the point guards are a mess it's it's just a sloppy situation yeah i have to I have to cut somebody i may do it today to, to pick up mccullough man pierre jackson and i have to add to ryan uh, Malachi Richardson was dropped the other day, and I, I wanted it bad, and I put I put in a high bid. We have a thousand dollar budget on the season, and I put in I think one hundred and fifteen. I was like, oh, I'm gonna get him at that. Nope, Ryan Ryan got him for a one thirty three. I believe it was. Yeah, that's right. Nice pickup, man. That's a sick pickup. Uh, yeah. we're talking. This is a thirty. Really good. I mean, really he's not getting a lot of minutes, but yeah, a lot of nice passes. Uh, I mean, Garrett Temple's kind of been hit or miss. We'll talk about him a little bit later. Okay, so we'll move on to uh, just quickly on Yogi Ferrell. Uh, this is my boy Pierre Jackson. Uh, he was he was going to be in this role, but they picked up Yogi Ferrell. They called him a quick a quickest study as he's ever been uh, for Mavs players, and they threw him out there fast. Thirty six minutes, nine and seven assists, two steals, a three. What are we doing here, man? I mean, would you would you consider playing in a weekly if you're in a deep league and you're starting to scrub? I mean, yeah, that 36 minutes from a point guard is really valuable. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. I was I was going to say that I would only really stream him on Monday because uh, Darren Williams has already been ruled out tonight. Yeah. Um, or, you know, think about him in DFS as a punt play. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, if you're in a deep league and you've just got a kind of dead spot in your roster and the wire's, you know, not that robust... Um, it's worth a look because there's no guarantee that Williams is going to come back for, yeah. for the Mavs next he, game following Monday. Yeah, he couldn't um, put weight. On, I was just going to add he couldn't put weight on his foot over the weekend. Yeah, so I don't so think he's coming back this week. Could be longer term, and obviously Barea is not going back anytime soon. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I, he, he's okay for this week, uh, especially just because they're going to force-feed him minutes. Yeah, I mean, good good matchup today, semi-good matchup on Wednesday, and then a good matchup on Friday at Portland. So, yeah, I mean, he'll take he'll hurt you on field goal percentage, but I was really impressed with what he did yesterday. Um, so, yeah, we'll move on. Seth Curry, by the way, just we'll talk about him in a little bit anyway. Oh, let's just talk about him now. So Daniel's asking about uh, Seth Curry's outlook. I love Seth Curry's outlook. Uh, he's locked up that two spot. Um, it's going to bomb threes. His steals are pretty good. It's been more efficient than his brother, believe it or not, since Christmas. Um, so, yeah, Seth Curry is, is really as must-own as you could get. Even in, like, an 18 league, I, I would pick him up. Uh, I think he's going to yeah, be great I mean, the rest of the way. He's he's already producing mid-round value over the past month, and that's that's an under 30 minutes a game. Um, you know, even if Darren Williams and Berea return and are perfectly healthy, they could be shut down. Uh, Devin Harris can't play heavy minutes, so yep. everything just kind of sets up perfectly for Curry and Dallas, and he's he's a must-own guy. He should already be owned, but yeah. if not, please go get him. Yeah, 55% owned in Yahoo. That's way too low. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we'll move on. Uh, Ivanka Zubak, we talked about him last week, Zubats, excuse me, uh, as a guy that we thought may come up, and here we are. Uh, some of this, I think, was slightly helped by Julius Randle missing time. But, man, he looks good. Uh, already has nine hook shots made on the season on 16 attempts. Um, just a, a real, real fun player. He's got two double-doubles. When he, when he, gets, when he gets 24 minutes, it's, it's good. Uh, he's been getting shots. He's been, he had a three-block game on Wednesday, man. Uh, I, again, I brag about this, but I dropped him in 30 deep, and I'm, I'm reaping the rewards right now. For I almost thought about cutting him. I'm so glad I didn't. Yeah, and, I mean, he's only going to get better as the season goes on. Yeah. Look at the Lakers' trajectory. They just have every reason in the world to play in minutes. Um, but yeah, he's looked great. You know, past five games, three double doubles, two three block games. Uh, past two games, he's made all six of his free throws, which is obviously huge for center. We we love those efficient uh, percentages. Um, Duke can play the pick and roll. He's got low post skills. You mentioned all the hook shots he's making. Um, he's just he's terrific. And if you want to talk stashes, look no further. Yeah, he's the guy. Uh, I'm trying to think of another. Stash that we've been talking like easily over Okafor. Um, I mean, Okafor yeah. won't get traded to a better situation. We saw Rashawn Holmes pass Okafor over the weekend, which ah, I wanted to be bold when I wrote Okafor's last blurb. I'm like, watch out. Uh, I said that I think that Holmes could have uh, leapfrogged him, and he did. I wish I was bolder. I was like, ah, but uh, anyways, yeah, definitely pick him up. Like we talked about last week, you, you thought that um, Jonas picking up in a 14 team league was uh, aggressive. And it turns out Jonas was on it. Like he, uh, he knew the deal. He knows. He knows. I, I would have probably picked him up, and I would have picked him up for sure by now. So he was, he was two steps ahead of me there. So props to Jonas. For sure. Yeah. So we'll move on. We got. Uh, let's talk another young big man. We won't talk the political side of this, um, but I'll just say that there's a couple American basketball players that play for an Iranian team, and they're in Dubai over the weekend, and they can't go play because we'll leave it at that. Uh, so, Thon Maker got the start uh, on Saturday, which was a big surprise. Uh, if you follow the news, that we America banned Sudanese players or Sudan, uh, I'm sorry, Sudan people come, from coming over, and this is tough for me to talk about. But anyways, what do you what do you what do you think Maker was like a one time thing? He played all right. He was really bad the first half. Had two fouls in the first minute. And he had about a three minute stretch where it was just like, wow, this guy is good. Had a block, a board, had two dunks. He looked great. 
So what are we doing here? Do you think this is just a one and done thing? Do you think he'll be back? It sounds it sounded like Kid wanted to play him, but we all know that we can't trust what Kid says all the time. Yeah, I got the impression that this was um, a symbolic move for the Bucks. Yeah. They 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 publicly expressed concern about his situation uh, as they left Toronto just as the immigration ban was announced. Um, and the Bucks senior VP Alexander Lazary had a couple tweets in which he said things like, um, "You know, today a Sudanese refugee fled oppression and is an incredible young man will make his second NBA start. I'm incredibly excited. I'm proud of him." Um, so uh, yeah, I think this was more a public statement of support for Maker and a tough time for him and um, sure, assuredly his family. Yep. So fantasy side of this, just leave on the wire. I mean, obviously. Yeah, I don't see it. He's only played double digit minutes twice all yeah. season. Um, so even though the Bucks center spots a mess, I just yeah. I don't see it happening. Yeah, he's so raw. But yeah, we got we got to see him play at least eighteen minutes. I think back to back games. So yeah. But yeah, it was it was a great story. I was really rooting for him on Saturday. So we'll move on uh, to Kevin Love. Uh, Kevin Love's hurt again. He's had some serious back problems lately. So, I mean, I think you got to bench him in weekly, but is there any real takeaway? Really, the, the big takeaway, in my opinion, is that Kyrie goes off, uh, usually when Love, when Love is out. Uh, we'll see Channing Fry benefit a little bit. Richard Jefferson had a good game uh, in 31 minutes on Sunday, and yeah, that's pretty much it. And uh, Armand Shumpert, I think, is a little bit of a winner. Man, Armand Shumpert has been really good. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's crazy. I... Yeah, you're uh, you're reading my mind in this in this breakdown. I yeah, I I conclude with the thought that Shumpert's been amazing, um, but you're right. I think it's it's LeBron, Kyrie. Their usage rates go up. They should be better. Richard Jefferson gets the bulk of the minutes. Fry might get a couple more. Um, but you're right, Shumpert. Now, would you call Shumpert like must own? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, he's killing it. He's uh, what? He's had what eight starts and he's been really good. In seven of those eight. Yeah, Iman, Iman some threes are unbelievable. Yeah, uh, he's, actually, he's actually shooting with efficiency for once, which is nice. Yeah, he's been he's been really like I I I for some reason absorbed Shumpert. I want to say like six games, and the first two I'm like, okay, he's been really good. Maybe pick him up in deeper. Like, okay, same thing again. And then wow, here he is, man. So yeah, he's he's been great. Uh, I would say even like ten team man. I think he's like a top one hundred player. I'm pretty sold. It's it's nice to play next to LeBron. Yeah, he's not going to keep up his current top fifty pace, of course, yeah. but um, but for sure, especially for a steals and three specialist who can chip in elsewhere, just yeah, go grab him. Third round, third round value in his last eight games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has to be picked up. Are you worried about Jared Smith coming back and hurting him? If, if that's I mean, way down eventually, the but yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too concerned about that. Yeah, similar guy that um, his old role uh, that's been hot just quickly. Courtney Lee's been really good lately. Uh, been fourth, yeah, he has fourth round his last eight. That quadruple overtime game helped him all yesterday, but I actually picked him up um, uh, a few days ago in a couple, and he's been really good. So I like Cody Lee as a pickup too. Okay, we'll move on to where are we at? Tyler Johnson. He is gonna be back. It sounds like so. You got to pick him up, obviously. But how does this affect Dion Waiters? We saw Dan Waiters really come into his own with Tyler Johnson out. Uh, some of that was also helped by Whiteside being banged up, more shots for him. So, you and I are low on waiters. Um, Steve likes him more than I do, more than you as well. I know Jonas doesn't wear like waiters. I I don't care. I I, I think waiters is going to take a hit, and he's so score dependent that it's going to be. We're going to see some bad times from Dion Waiters. I think. 
For sure. And one thing, I mean, he's just been unsustainably hot lately. <laughs> he had those three games where he scored 33, 33, and 24 points. Um, and he was just shooting lights out. And then last two games, he's shot 33% and 39%. Uh, and I think that's a truer reflection of who he is as a player. Um, to his credit, his assists are up this year. But I think with, with TJ coming back, you know, they're not going to be too steady. He doesn't give you many defensive stats. Um, turns the ball over. So, yeah, I'm, I've never been a huge fan of his, and that's really not changing. Although he's in a good spot, um, he's still going to get minutes, even with Johnson back in the lineup. But, I, yeah, I don't really love waiters. Yeah, and hopefully Josh Richardson comes back. Uh, which right, which another thing. Awesome. And that would be, I think, more impactful than Johnson who comes yeah, off the bench. because he would start. I would think they would start yeah. Josh and then bump him to the bench. Yeah, that's the real concern, I yeah, think. Yeah, because, I mean, Waiters isn't really there in their plans with the, with the way he has his contract. Um, does this affect Dragic's shoe at all? Dragic has had a really good weekend as well. A little, just a little <laughs> bit. Gore Dragic? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Dragic's been hot. Yeah. Uh, still emerging in trade rumors, but if, you know, if they are looking to trade him, he's helping his value, that's for sure. Yeah, he's been great. So, yeah, I, I, I think this is probably his peak value, I guess. Uh, I guess we could call him. A sell high, which we will transition to right now. We'll start with sell high. Roll with the segue. Uh, I'll let you go first. Who are you not buying? Who do you think is a sell high right now? Uh, I'm going to go with a player who I actually like, but I just think he's he's playing a little bit above his head right now, and that is Thaddeus Young. Um, simply because he's he's stealing the ball at an <laughs> absurd rate. He's averaging 3.4 steals in his past eight games. Uh, which is just maddening. That's that's Robert Covington-level steals. Um, he's also shooting 73% from the line, which is better than he typically does. Um, so he's, he's a solid player, don't get me wrong, but he's returning second-round value over the past uh, two weeks. So if you could flip him right now and get someone in the third, even the third-round range uh, season-long, I would, I would take that every day. Yeah, I mean, he almost doubled his steals from January compared to December. He had 1.5, which is still pretty good. In December, yeah. but he's at two eight in the entire month. He mentioned uh, his last night. He had that six six steal, three steal, five steal run. It's like boom, that'll that'll you can shoot like zero for thirty, and you'll still find me like top eighty value. So yeah, I'm one hundred percent on that, man. Those steals are not sustainable, but I still so what like where do you see him like eighty seventy five sixty five? Yeah, I put him in the seventy five range. Yeah, he's been good though, better than I thought. Uh, yeah. got, a guy I picked was this is kind of kind of doing the injuries and other players getting shot. Zubats. Uh, I took Lou Williams. Uh, this is obvious. Uh, we we do a lot of Laker buy low, sell high, which we'll get to for my buy low. Uh, but yeah, I've, Lou Williams had a great week. Uh, I think I would try to. Well, I'd love to package him for somebody else. Yeah, agreed. I think he's turned up more than a few times in our cell high yeah. list. He's had impressive staying power, but I think we're both viewing the, the second half of the season as the time when he's going to start to fade. Yeah, Nick Nick Young is our is our like award winning cell high player. We, <laughs> yeah, sure. We've talked about him so much. Um, so yeah, my buy low. Not not coincidentally, I took D'Angelo Russell. Um, his knee's a problem, but I don't, they were more concerned with his calf, which is I'd rather be concerned with a calf injury than a knee injury. So I think he's going to be all right. I think he comes back this week, and I think he looks good right out of the gate. Uh, he and Zubats like to play well with each other. I think they fit very nicely. We saw him get hot. Um, he is my – I'm always talking about him as a buy low. 
Um, maybe I'm being stubborn because I kind of liked him to break out. That was probably my big miss of my breakout players. But, yeah, I think he's going to get hot. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's, you know, especially if he's fully healthy and that knee is behind him. Yeah, um, yeah he's going to be a great, great pickup. And my buy low was a certain LaMarcus Aldridge. Who, yeah, that's how I had last I, week. I, yeah, and I think a lot of people expected, you know, Pau Gasol goes down. Oh, sh- assuredly, Aldridge's role will increase a little bit. Um, and he's getting touches. He's just not been efficient with them. He's shooting 43.6% in his past seven games. Um, getting, again, still seeing a lot of double teams. Uh, so he's, he's passing out of them, getting a lot of easy shots for teammates but just not quite clicking with his own offensive game. Um, I think it's going to sooner rather than later. And what we saw last season was him just going an absolute tear down the stretch. Uh, I think that could happen at any moment. So I'd, I'd happily buy low on him right now. For sure. Um, I mean, he didn't have as much usage as we thought. I think when Kawhi was down and that Monday-Tuesday double dip uh, in Brooklyn and Toronto. And then he had really good usage with Kawhi back. And was probably their worst loss of the season at New Orleans. And they lost again in Dallas. I mean, that's so unspurs like. Uh, yeah, and, so. and they believe can pass. So I actually really, I, I quite like that front court tandem. Yeah. Um, you know, getting more shots for Aldridge, but it just hasn't quite clicked yet. Yeah, I guess super quick, we should talk about Davis Bertans, who got the start. Um, I played all right. I mean, he had a couple blocks. Uh, he's, he's a good floor spacing guy. Does he intrigue you in like even like an eight team, 16 team kind of league? Uh, maybe like 16 team as a three-point specialist. He's been really good from the perimeter, but um, generally speaking, no. Yeah, with you. Um, Popovich, Brad Stevens, man, whenever there's a... They have a clear number one big man, like Al Horford or Marcus in this case with Powell out. It's, it's all matchups. So you'll see David Lee in there most of the time. Are, are you still so... I think David Lee will be fine. Even though, I mean, he still got he still had a good game off the bench. 7-9 for 14 with three boards and four assists. So he was solid. Yeah, and he came off the bench just because I think it was a matchup thing. Yeah. The Mavs were going with Dirk at center. Um, so Aldridge was a better matchup there. So I think we'll see Lee start again. I think they play the Thunder next. I could be wrong, but... Um, some team with a bigger center. So I think Lee is going to be back in the starting lineup. And, yeah, I think he's fine as long as Powell's out. Yep, you're right. They play the Thunder tomorrow, and then they play Philly and Denver. So those are some big, big men right there. And then Memphis, and then Philly again, and then Drummond. So, wow, that's a pretty crazy run for bigs. So, yeah, don't pick up for Tons. Okay, uh, let's get to your questions here. Uh, AJ's asking uh, a series of questions, which we'll kind of hit quickly. Uh, Mo Harkless or Evan Turner? This is an interesting topic. Um, Turner hasn't been great statistically, but I like how he's played really a lot. I mean, he's been really good. Defense, passing, doing a lot of things that don't show up in the box score. But from a fantasy side, we want them to show up in the box score. So, I, yeah, I guess I would take Turner. But, yeah, I think I think Harkless is really one of the bigger losers of the weekend. Or week, yeah, he's faded, he's faded really hard. Um, yeah. I guess if you're going for like insta value, I'm with you. I take Turner, but I don't. I don't really love either of them. Insta value, I love that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, Evan Turner played 31, thir- 33, 31, 30, 33, 40 uh, in that big Boston overtime game. It was one of the best games of the season, I thought. So yeah, he's got it. I mean, they're playing, playing. They almost beat Golden State even without Curry. Yeah, it, it's bad. I mean, if you have Harkless, pick up Zubats, pick up somebody else. It's trending up. I always talk about this. I'd rather have a 
I always go for a trending up kind of a guy. Uh, as I'd rather have a trending up than over, over a trending down, even if they're not even producing somewhat close to similar. I'm sure you agree. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. So we'll zip through these questions. Uh, oh, he's asking Pat Patterson or J Mike. Uh, I'll take J Mike all day. Yeah, Patterson's been better as a starter lately, um, sort of on the uptick, but with Sullinger and Aguera in the front court, there's just too many variables, and uh, Green's been good this year, so I'll yeah, take him. he had a really nice run um, about a month ago, but he's cooled off. Uh, he's banged up, too. I hate that, uh, with a knee injury, so he may miss some time maybe here and there, get rested in back-to-backs and stuff. Uh, Garrett Temple and Tim Hardaway Jr.? Uh, that's that's tougher than it might seem. Um Temple's been quite good lately, yeah. but I guess I'd take Hardaway. Uh, he was terrible. Well, it wasn't terrible yesterday, but his shot just wasn't there. He was 5 of 20. Um, I had him in 30 deep. I really needed three-pointers, and he went 0 of 9 from downtown, so that stung a little. Uh, but, yeah, I'd take him a little bit over Temple for the rest of the season value. Okay, and then Dee's asking a weird question, which you can take however you like it. Um, if they're given – so if they hit, basically – uh, with a 25-28 minute roll, he wants to know who, we're not going to rank them all. Uh, Ubre, Jamal Murray, Norman Powell, Willie Reed, which is, is obvious, yes, uh, and then Larry Nance. So obviously Reed up top. I'm sure you agree. And then uh, who do you like after that? Yeah, 100 percent Willie Reed. He's been anytime Whiteside's out, he's been amazing. Yeah. Um, and with the Heat, you know they're five games out of the playoffs at the moment, and. If they fall any further and Whiteside gets a couple little nagging injuries, who knows what's going to happen. So yeah. uh, Willie Reed for sure. And then Larry Nance second. Yep. Um, a- after that, you could just toss out the rest of these guys. Yeah, then I would go Norm, then Oubre, then Murray last. Yeah, Another question from Austin Lowry. Better keeper between Steven Adams and DeAndre Jordan. Uh, I guess it depends on the format. Yeah. I mean, we always have this issue with these <laughs> complete free throw percentage anchors, but you know, if you can build upon free throw percentage, then DeAndre for sure. Yeah. Um, or in, in certain points leagues, for instance. But like, if you're in an eight cat roto league, um, I don't know, maybe Steven Adams. Yeah. Well, like we said, these Dwight Howard, Drummond, DeAndre questions—it always comes back to that. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think in a vacuum, yeah, I'd rather, with the way my teams are constructed, I always value field goal per- free throw percentage. So I would much prefer Adams, who's played really well uh, lately. He's been arguably top five most improved, man. He's been really good. Yeah. Um, Otto Porter, most improved player, really quick before we get out of here. Um, that's Sorry to a kind of throw question. a quick one at you, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, got, I, mean, I, I think so. I mean, it's him, Miles. I, I'm not on Giannis being most improved because he's was really good last year. Uh, yeah. Otto Porter, 46.8% from three. Leads the league yeah, by 2%, man. He's been he's been like a league winner for you. I'll say no one's popping to mind as, as more improved than Otto Porter. So yeah. that might be it. Yeah, exactly. CJ's been pretty good. Most improved player last year. Jokic uh, was great last year. so Yeah. But uh, if, if Jokic had played the entire season like he's playing now before he got hurt, like he would be up there for sure. And an all-star as well. Yeah. And real yeah. quick, uh, last thing again, I think, well, Gobert, how did he not make the All-Star team? Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> he's been incredible lately, but I guess he just kind of flies under the radar. You never yeah. you know, see him in headlines. You never hear much about him, and there's just, just flashier picks out there. Yeah, I thought that 27-25 game in Dallas that he had, I thought that was the clincher. All right. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was going to be able to get him in there. 
Alright, so pretty quick pod. 31 minutes. Good for us. So you guys have a great week. Set those lineups. Make sure you check out who's playing four games, who's playing three. And we'll catch you next week. Thanks for coming on, Ryan. Got it, Mike. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.